If something's broken, it stays harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is Throw Smiley, and in case you're wondering, I sold the body shop and became a podcaster. Who's joining me this week? <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and when you don't have water, you can always choose Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and I will fix this truck with a single can of oil. I'm Alaric Weber, and your deodorant smells nice. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Uh, this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's a podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron, too? Just go on, head on over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. we got a lot of bonus contests there. we got Star Wars shows and holiday shows and music shows and show shows we just posted the uh shining recently and i gotta say that's one of our better episodes you know it's a long one folks i'm not joking it's good it's a really it's a good episode yeah it really we're great (laughs) no we're not always that's my point you know sometimes the material or our but that's a great episode and so become a patron so you can listen to episodes like that Exactly. There's a ton of monthly movie episodes up there. Um, they're on, coming up on, I think we've got like like upwards of 30 on there now. Um, we're coming up on our three-year anniversary of this next month. <laughs> three years wow. of doing this podcast. That's exciting. We should try to think of, oh, is that, or we're going to do paper or wood? What is the, the three, third year? I think it, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's uh, uh, beer. Leaves. <laughs> Yeah. Dirt. Um, are we going to do a look back episode like we, we have done in the past? Maybe we should. I don't know. I, but we're, we're going to – it's not going to be too much longer after that, just a few months later that we run out of superhero movies. So I thought maybe we'd oh, save it for then when we have to that makes the most, switch gears yeah. to different and, kinds and of And when movies. we run out, we will become a clip show of a clip show. Yeah, that's right. We're not going to do new episodes anymore. We're just going to keep reposting the old ones re-edited. Right. <laughs> Here's when the Harlem Globetrotters joined us for an episode. We're, it's The entire thing is going to be us stuck in a freezer. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that exactly. Guys, <laughs> for all the good time. Hey, guys, do you remember when we talked about Batman and Robin? <laughs> well, they weren't all happy days. Uh, so, all right. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Fast color. The world's gonna die. I can feel it coming. And I think about Ruth. How does she survive out there on her own, as broken as she is? Lila, this is your mother. Does she have... Yes, but not like yours. Our ability 
just can't fix things. If something's broken, it stays broken. Lila's different. She can see the colors. What do they look like? I've never seen them. It's like an echo. Moving over everything fast like a race. gotten harder for us to stay in hiding. I know. There's not much time. You cannot be putting her in danger again. I'm not leaving. This woman can affect the energy of the Earth. Ruth, we can help you. There are tests we can run. Fast color. Um, so I guess first I should uh, go ahead and talk about how this does qualify as a superhero movie. Um, so I had never seen it pr- prior to this um, and based on um, reading a couple articles about it and the uh, the uh, um, Wikipedia page, which I'll describe it as a superhero movie <laughs> and which... Um, so it does technically barely qualify, although in theme, I probably would have not put it in here had I seen it previously and know <laughs> how. Well, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but Al asked a pretty legit question like, what is the other? So, superpowers, right? So, uh, if she has superpowers and, and the protect, um, the protagonist engages in heroic deeds or fights evil or crime in a vigilante style. Based on the description uh-huh. that I read, it um, emphasized her um, conflict with the scientist and the government, which made me think there was going to be a lot more of her fighting the government style stuff. Yeah, she just uses her powers to save herself, right? Well, Grandma checks that box. Yeah, at one moment in the movie. Yeah, I guess that. But also on your list, not yeah. apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic movies, and this qualifies in uh, my mind as a post-apocalyptic. It's pretty movie. close. The descriptions say future; they don't say how far. Yeah, yeah it's, well, it's, and it's a, it's a lack drought. of rain for multiple years. It's pretty shifty. Eight. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, it's pretty shifty. Um, I probably would not have included this had I watched the movie prior to making the list, um, but. It's what's done is done. I, I demand we do powder. <laughs> well, second I mean, wave we can, you know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about the movie powder. I just I don't know, but his powers are is just the same as her. I mean, I don't that's mean what this function, reminded me of those, as far as how yeah. he uses his powers and to yeah. what end. It's the same yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, it was a. Uh, a lot of the article, I read a couple articles about it in the Wikipedia page, and they all emphasized her using her superpowers in relation to this government dude. Um, yeah, so, so I which, saw, yeah, all the descriptions. We'll, we'll get to it. I wish there had been more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been easy enough to do. Um, yeah, post apocalyptic, that's not this, I don't know. Like they could have just done the drought thing and not even 
implied it was a future. You know what I mean? That That's a plausible thing that could happen, a drought. It's pretty close to post-apocalyptic. It's close, but yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty close. But I don't know. It's, it's it, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. We watched the movie, so let's talk about it. It's basically where we're yeah, at yeah. at this point. <laughs> that was the first part. Uh, so, um... We have very litigious listeners. We, we need to do. clarify these things for them. Yes. Um, it was released April 19th, 2019. It has a running time of 102 minutes. It cost, best I can find, there really isn't much info online, somewhere between 5 to $10 million. And it made 76000 What? Um. <laughs> well, this is a Netflix original, right? No. No, no, no. no. This, this was a theater release. If it was a Netflix original, I absolutely wouldn't have oh, put that's it on right. here. It was Lionsgate. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, um, there's a that few- dude, um, David Strathairn. Is that it? Yeah, he's an Oscar winner. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they. I think the cast is pretty decent. I mean, what? They- oh my oh, god! Yeah. yeah, everybody does a great <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, the acting's good too. Yeah. It's, it's just- the movie that's the problem. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, it made $76,000. So, guys, you want to go ahead and play the box office top 10 game? Yep. So, this came out one week after Hellboy, which we did last. Um, so, there's... I'm just going to Have go. we reached peak superhero movie? 2019. This is this is the third or fourth week in a row. 2019 a is was peak superhero. It had more... There were more superhero movies released in 2019 than any year prior or any year since. 2020 being, you know, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, 2019 is peak superhero. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna go through a few of the new releases because we've talked about every single movie in the top ten except for one, which was released this week. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and let's see. Um. We'll start with number 70, which was a new release this week. Um, Okay. With a potent strain of pot sweeping the city, DTA agents (laughs) attempted. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Attempt. I assume it's a made up agency for this movie. Attempt to infiltrate a small town farming operation that has a strong leader and interesting family members. This, oh, let's see. It stars Sid Haig. He Sid Haig is the he was in all kinds of B movies, and he's been in every Red uh, Rob Zombie movie. He's mm. the big bald clown okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. Sid Haig. Yeah, he was in all kinds of Roger Corman and um, black exploitation movies. He's technically African American. Uh, this, yeah, this, this, uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> we we town. Okay, so so um they they Chong's next. They're they're pig farmers, so think about pot and pigs and some sort of pun you can make. Pot belly. That's a good one. No, All right, let's that's, see. That's not it, but pot belly. But uh, yeah, pot and pigs. It's it's a pun based on. It's it's I a com- it's a this. common saying. It's a common saying which takes both of those things into account. Bring home the bacon. <laughs> That's ham. 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 Exclamation point. Question mark. 
<laughs> That's your title. Uh, hi. Hi on the hog. Yes, you got it, Josh. <laughs> you win. Nice. You, win. <laughs> you win this week. You win some bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Usually uh, when I'm playing Wheel of Fortune, I just guess Phantasmagorium. <laughs> Doctor. I always just Magorium. go with ham. It's going to fit in there somewhere. <laughs> Pat, I like to solve the puzzle. Ham. Like, sir, there's clearly three words up there on the board. Ah, hams. <laughs> you, you heard me. Put ham on the board. God damn it. Without any ham, I'm not guessing anymore, Alex. Uh, my name's Pat. Pat, yeah. I've had it up to you here with your shit, Pat. Um, the, our next movie at an opening at uh, number 56 Sam, a disenchanted young man, finds a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment's pool one night. This is like that fucking oh, um, this is like that fucking uh, M Night Shyamalan movie, but it's not. It is. Um, no, this is uh, um, sexy old crone in the water. Tide or no, no. Um, wait. The next morning, she disappears. Sam sets off across L.A. to find her, and along the way, he uncovers a conspiracy far more bizarre. More bizarre than a fish lady. Doesn't say she's a fish lady. She's a Is mis- this bright? No. No. It's a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment's pool. <laughs> he did not say she's a fish lady. Um, who that bitch? The tagline is, what are they hiding? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure that's the tone they meant it in, too. What are they hiding? (laughs) What are they hiding? It stars Andrew Garfield and Riley Coe. If you say so. Uh, Let's see. Chick in the pool. It's an A24. Um, It's called... The Swimmer. It's called Under the Silver Lake. Oh, I get it, because it's L.A. Yeah, Yeah, Silver Lake's a a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, opening at number 50. After years in hiding, a woman is forced to go on the run when her superhuman abilities are discovered. Hide and seek the movie. Primary Colors, starring <laughs> yeah. John Travolta. Yes, John Travolta plays a young black woman. <laughs> he can, if he wants. <laughs> what number was this? Fast Color? Yeah, Fast Color was at number 50. Uh, it opened at number 50. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay, with seventy six thousand nine hundred <laughs> yeah, which, sixteen dollars. Yeah. Less than a office. house. A lot less than a house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I, it opened against ham, so that's true. <laughs> ham did sweep it. Ham and ham too under the silver ham. <laughs> silver ham. Uh, um, at number fif- 49 the story of a woman who was exposed as the KGB's longest serving British spy is that uh, yeah that is Dame Judy Dench on that poster <laughs> um, let's see J- Dame- Redhead. <laughs> you're, you're like halfway there um, Dame Judy Dench is a Russian spy <laughs> in like, it looks like maybe the fifties or sixties, judging by the costumes. Red grandma. <laughs> Her majesty's Soviet 
service. It's Her Majesty's slow moving service. <laughs> it's called uh, no. It's uh, it's commies, please. No, it's called red. <laughs> it's called Red Joan. Which commies, is- please. Sounds like a British sitcom. Sounds like a Faulty Towers. Style. Uh, it's Commies, like, please. Where, yeah, where, uh, wherein Graham Chapman plays a Soviet spy who has to run a bed and breakfast. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, British KGB agent. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Opening at number twenty-seven. Oh my dear God! Okay, um, I don't know. This is a documentary. It looks dumb. Um, <laughs> There's a lot. Okay. Is this a documentary? Maybe. I can't tell. Um, I'm going to read the entire description. What happens when a group of talented kids from a performing arts school are faced with an impossible challenge to create a showcase that teaches the world how they are created to shine? From the creative minds of award-winning Bethel Music and writers-directors Fred Vassallo and David Noronha comes this high-energy and heartfelt story that combines incredible dance with powerful songs to reveal that even kids can change the world when they find their voice and tell their story. In the veins of High School Musical, this movie is an uplifting and moving film that will inspire the whole family. Will wow. Yeah. Um, uh, the impossible even, task. They are at a uh, school for the performing arts. That should not be an impossible task to put a musical together. No. <laughs> it's called. Um, spellbound. <laughs> it's, it's called making a murderer. <laughs> even kids can dance. <laughs> even kids can change. It's called hot damn. Nothing. Look at them. Kids move them feet. Um, <laughs> It's called Buxy Malone. <laughs> it's called Bright Ones. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. Last one. Opening at number one this week. <laughs> Our only new movie in the top 10. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Opened at number one. Opening at number one. I know what you're not going to do next. Is <laughs> <laughs> this the Conjuring Two? It it is from the producers of the Conjuring Universe. <laughs> Whatever the that Bob means. Duke Three. Um, the tagline is "She wants your children." Oh, it's the nun. It's part not- two. No, nope. It's it's the La Llorona. La Llorona. <laughs> I, 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 wow. I saw this oh, one, that, actually. Yeah. Wow. Opened at number one. Yep. Opening at number one. Yeah. Um, in our top ten, we've got Hellboy, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. All three of them are <laughs> still for, in the top ten. For those listeners that don't know, La Llorona is a Mexican folktale, and so she's actually our regional boogeyman. Yeah. Our, our, it's the Santa Cruz River, she cried. It's, Supposedly, it's, I'm sure the Rio Grande claims it. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably a lot of rivers. Um, right. Is she a superhero, technically? Like you know, powers stealing children? <laughs> Drowning them? Yeah. No, she's a ghost. She's doing good. Spectral. She's, <laughs> she she fights, fights crime. By killing baby crime. Children who would otherwise she's, become criminals. She's a time-traveling ghost that kills children before they become 
people. Yes. Special baby unit. No gallus. This is this is she my head cannon for Lyrona now. She kills children because before they become Nazis. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just imagine Lyrona doing the uh roadie like strangling Hitler hand motion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks like Hitler. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Uh, I was just imagining the uh, um, the uh, uh, Hispanic mom superhero. She's ca- just called like the Chancla. I was yeah. gonna say she has a chancla yeah. with her. Throw a sandal around the world. Yeah, uh, pinches your arm as she walks you out of the Kmart. <laughs> Beat you in the parking lot. <laughs> Uh, that's our box office top 10 that brings us to the production Al gets the week off there's no uh, background there's no background to this movie it just appeared whole cloth <laughs> yay ah, like most movies but yeah yeah no uh, background so um, as far as the production goes uh, this movie is written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz directed by Julia Hart they are a team a filmmaking team um, let's see. Uh, they're, uh, wonder the, twins activate the form the, of a cinematographer prior, form of. prior to this, they wrote something called the keeping room. Um, <laughs> that's where they put their stuff. Yeah. It looks like it's, it's a, for keeping. looks like it's a Western, um, a female centered Western. Interesting. Um, the movie, they, their first writing, directing film that they made themselves prior was 2016's Miss Stevens. Um, and after this, they made 2020's Star Girl, which is a jukebox <laughs> musical. What's a musical? I almost started singing Star Girl. Yeah. Oh, it's a Disney Plus original. <laughs> happening um yeah then i'm your woman which is a a crime neo-noir crime film set in the 70s starring rachel brosnahan and then uh in 2022 they made a sequel to star girl called hollywood star girl <laughs> smoky the star girl too <laughs> people must be stopped uh so yeah um wow okay it stars uh uh gugu and batha ra as ruth um she's probably best known from loki i think at this point that's probably her biggest role um most well-known role other than i don't know she was in morning show she was really good in that um yeah, she's really good in that. Yeah. Uh, she got her start um, early 2010s. She was in Larry Crown, Odd Thomas. Oh, she was in Jupiter Ascending. I still, I'm sad we didn't, that that movie I kind of want to do at some point. It seems crazy. Uh, let's, I've, I've seen it. It's crazy. We should We should it. watch it and talk about <laughs> it. I remember the title. I don't know what it's about. Um, it, it's uh, it, what's his name? It was the Wachowskis. Magic, Magic Mike in space. <laughs> yeah, so, he's like a fa- Channing he's like a Tatum. fairy from Jupiter. It stars Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. It was the last Wachowski film. 
because the Matrix Four only had one Wachowski. Yeah, is that <laughs> the plural of Wachowski? Yeah, you have to have the two Wachowski. You, you need both Wachowskis, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Legend speaks of the Wachowski. Uh, let's see. She was in the Cloverfield Paradox, which was not a good movie. Um, oh, she was in the Beauty and the Beast live action remake, a movie I refuse to watch. Like <laughs> Cloverfield yeah. Paradox. Paradox was the time traveling one, right? Sorry, yeah. spoiler alert. Were, were they in space um, or something? Yeah, were they in like a space station yeah. watching Cloverfield happen mm-hmm. because they arrived through another? We should do those movies. Fuck it. Oh, Cloverfield's on the list. To, They're as, dumb. I don't know how long or if we'll get to it, but it is on. There's a lot of movie series on the list. We probably won't get to all of them. I hope we won't. Um, I'm only going to live so long. <laughs> yeah, I hope the sun burns out first. It probably, <laughs> uh, probably will. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Uh. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Like I said, probably best known at this point for um for for Loki. Um, she played, uh, what, Ravona, Judge Ravona, Lexus Renslayer. Renslayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lorraine Toussaint as Bo. Um, she goes way back. She was on Law and Order for like a long time. Um, <laughs> as a judge, I would, uh, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. I th- no, she was a defense attorney. Okay, um, there you go. She would have been good as a judge, though. She was in Hudson Hawk. That movie's crazy. Dangerous Minds. Um, she's she's one of those people that you're like, that lady. She's been around for years and years. O- Orange is yeah. the new black, I that's think, is right. her most recent. Yeah, right? yeah. That's one of her most, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's been in a gazillion movies. Um, she's great. She's always good. Um, yeah, she's good. Actually, everybody's performance was Oh yeah, yeah. Good. The cast, yeah, yeah. yeah. cast was Absolutely. great. Cast was great. Um, Sanaya Sydney is the little girl. Um, she obviously hasn't done much. She's like eleven years old. Um, prior to this, <laughs> she was in Hidden Figures and Fences. Oh, oh, she played Ven- she played uh, kid v- Venus Williams in King Richard. <laughs> oh, oh, that's where I recognize her from. Interesting. Yeah, she's really good. She's really compelling. Yeah, she's yeah, great. She was good. As a kid actor, she's really good, yeah. Um, Christopher Denham as Bill. That dude is, uh, he was from Argo. Um, Shutter Island. Uh, let's see. That's sort of a very I'm forgettable thinking. forgettable face. Perfect yeah. casting for a spoof. It, it, yep, just a pasty white dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's just kind of your standard like character actor. <laughs> if you need a white guy. Who doesn't do much? He's, he's, well, right. he's barely that in this build. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David Stratham as Ellis, the sheriff. Um, David Stratham. Oh, God. Let's see. He goes way, way back. Um, he was in Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, it's, yes. yeah. Yeah. He was Stan, uh, right? He was but, Edward R. Murrow in Good Night and Good Luck. Yeah. He won an Oscar for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well, um, lots of he, he was in Nomadland. He won an Oscar for Nomadland. I mean, I guess everybody did, right? Yeah. That was best film. Yeah. Uh, he's in The Expanse as Klaus Ashford, who is like an amalgamation of a bunch of characters, which is a lot of heavy lifting for a guy to like pull in multiple characters and personify multiple book characters as one person. Mm. He does a really good job of that. Um, I think he isn't he the asshole husband in Dolores Claiborne? 
Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Kathy Bates. Yeah. yeah. He was also in the Bourne movies. He was in um, Bob Roberts, L.A. Confidential. Oh, yeah. He's in like everything. He does a lot um, of stage um, acting, which is crazy because now like looking at his filmography, he's made so many movies, too. But he's constantly doing stage acting. Yeah, dude works for sure. He's in the um, Jodie Foster movie Home for the Holidays. If you have never seen it. Oh, my God. Um, Holly Hunter, um, Robert Downey Jr., and Bancroft. Yeah, but he's in it as well. God, that movie's so good. Mm. He uh, he does. I, I I follow him on the on the internet somehow. I have like get emails from uh, Theater of War Productions out of New York, and it's always him and like Danny Glover and Oscar Isaac uh, doing online performances of mm. cool stuff. They're doing like a Ukraine fundraiser uh, with a bunch of refugees right now. Um, oh, I forget wow. what the play is, but the, the this happens like once a month. He'll just pop in and do a play. I'm like, hey, where do you find the time? <laughs> He's compelling. Yeah, to watch. I watched. I watched one with him and Bill Murray, like a short dialogue. I forget what they were doing, but it was incredible. Dude's an incredible actor. Wow. So, um, that pretty much rounds out our cast. There. Um, this says eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I mean, it's a. I know. I feel like the movie's like a solid, like, like C minus, basically. Yeah, it's a fine indie movie. Yeah, um, they don't they don't really pay off or follow their own threads. I don't think. Yeah, but it's not poorly made. It's it just failed to come together. I think. Yeah, right. a lot of the elements work, but they just don't coalesce don't, in the movie. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, they don't tie together. It's somehow less than the sum of its parts. This yeah. is like it feels like a like a pitch for a series like a television series well they, shouldn't have been a movie they actually were developing it as a series yeah. pre-covid uh through amazon but it did it uh since then there's been no no uh updates so it's looks like that's probably dead slow color is the more appropriate <laughs> yeah um so i don't know that's about it guys you want to go ahead and just jump into the movie yeah oh. All right. Enthusiastic. Here we go. This is Fast Color. We open on shots of a drought. We get a voiceover telling us that there is indeed a drought. It's caused by climate change. Water I felt I felt like the voiceover was jarring. Mm. I'm not sure. Started right up. Maybe it gave me the feeling that. You know, Al had last week with the um, Hellboy voiceover, just mm. like with the fucking this and that, you know, just like all of a sudden you're you're talking to me like you, I walked up to a conversation <laughs> Well, that was I, happening. It was very like this is now a science fiction movie. Mm. The first line being the world's going to die. Yeah. Um, right. I can feel it coming. Um, like, so it was very, uh, it was oh, very, wow. it was very like a, um, kind of like a, a generic brand, um, uh, Lord of the Rings introductory <laughs> reading. And do things stay broken? I mean, there are things you can fix, right? I mean, yes. As a, as a general thesis about life, if something's yeah. broken, it stays broken. Isn't necessarily true. All that truck needed was a can of oil. 
Yeah. That's Oil. all. Oil. Sometimes, pen. sometimes things are broken until you find the one single thing that they need to go back together. Right. You know, a, a, a bowl, a piece of glass. I see, you know, I get it. If you put those back together, you still see the cracks in the seams, but so many broken things can be fixed. Absolutely. Yeah. Full industries. <laughs> so it's lazy. Like I'm I, not, you know, I'm not trying to I've point had out the, the obvious. I've had the screen replaced on my phone before. Like you can bring, you can fix it. Right. Yeah. I've done it myself. Like it, the, about, this failed but to the screen to is still broken. Idea. The screen is still broken, but the phone is not. Somewhere. Is, is this going to be like a whole like ship of Theseus thing you got going on here? No, no, no. I just, you know, it, it, it may be something like, when things are broken, it's hard for the pieces to come back together or something along those lines. Well, and but the, they just went with it's broken, it stays broken. Ooh, I like that. like, so like the Josh. world in a drought what? is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said that's so catchy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and the, I mean, the, yeah, uh, that's off the top of my head. The idea is that the world is broken and you can't fix the world. I mean, that's yeah. the ultimate end yeah. game of the, the thesis they have there, which is not necessarily the world. Her relationships mm. are broken. Um, her place yeah. in the world is broken. Yeah, she can her, split. She can her split powers the sky. are yes. broken. She's and broken. she doesn't have them because she's having seizures. Yeah, man, the metaphor is pretty thin. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, because she does end up fixing it. Well, but then of course, I mean, her whole thing throughout the film is that I think that's wrong. Maybe you can come back together, but all of it's pretty weak as far as them displaying yeah. this it's just like, the, yeah the syntax of that is just i don't know these things don't like. need to be wrapped in a like a bow but man they really needed to have stronger connections between yeah. them yes yeah it's the all of their metaphors are pretty thin and their analogies um and, well and the movie suffers could, as a result well sure um, so anyways, we discover water is a very scarce resource at this point. We see she's reading from a journal. We get a title card. We cut to Ruth. She's uh, breaking out of an abandoned factory. She's got rope around her wrists. She drives away as the police arrive. We see she's got a gun. She arrives at a motel run by a lady with a young daughter. She buys half a container of water for 26 bucks and checks into her room. Uh, so we're we're introduced to this character in the desert. There's an eight year drought. This is what the desert normally looks like. I yeah. I think they were trying to imply that it's the Midwest, like somewhere like Iowa, Nebraska, which normally is much greener than this. But it just clearly well, looks like New Mexico or or <laughs> or like Imperial well, Valley is where I thought they were. Mm, I was like, is this California? Yeah, they they well, they shot near Albuquerque, according to yeah. According, Those to were the, the, according to the story, they're in Texas. That's you saw on the map that they were in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Garrison just is where they're heading. All right. But when I read synopses, they all said New Mexico. But Al's right; they they mentioned Texas. So I mean, there's chunks of Texas that look like that too, though. So I mean, right? It does yeah, not. It that's does grass, not look, That's what grassland looked no. like. It doesn't look like a post-apocalyptic world. No. It like a world that has had eight years not. of drought would look so different than it, what they depicted. Yeah. It looks like my old backyard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it, yeah. yeah. Here in Tucson. It looks like, I, it looks like when I lived that's out. That's Aravaca nine months of the year. It looks like where I lived out in three points. 100%. Just, yeah. Right. 
which which not to say like and if you've been to the desert this is what it looks like but like it would have been so easy to just like get some fans and blow some dust in every shot and make it look actually drought conditions well, it was actually distracting to me when she was approaching the house in that shot because the house is clearly shot like there's like the trees like you can see the farmland like it's clearly not the same place as the reverse angle where there was actual cactus behind her yeah and there just were some because you're in a time. drought there's not going to be cactus in like farmland just because there's a drought yeah. that's not how that yeah. works uh right. Just just checking out uh, Google Maps right now. Um, Garrison, Texas, is actually very green. Um, so shooting it in New Mexico makes sense because New Mexico is not as green. Well, absolutely, but uh, also you, like I said, but yeah, eight eight years of drought would be rough even here in the desert. Eight yeah. years of drought would be rough, and it, cactus aren't going to migrate <laughs> to the Midwest just because. Yeah, there's a drought. Saguaro's particularly. Yeah, it, it, they're not in re- Texas. A lot of cactus in Texas, but not it's those. really lazy world building. It's really, really lazy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh. So she takes the ropes off her wrist. She cleans up. She starts shaking violently. Takes everything off of uh anything loose. She takes and puts on the floor mirrors and lamps. Uh. She calls the front desk. Tells the woman to get under her desk. Um. She ties herself to the bed and shakes violently while an earthquake happens. Uh, we cut to some time later. The police are at the motel investigating. It's weird. I, I the just want to say her up. powers and her having a, a seizure in bed. She she has like a bunch of lead time to prepare to put herself in bed, which is generally not how those things happen. But we're told. Uh, I mean, it's like literally not you. There's no time. Yeah. Um, but we're told that she doesn't have her powers because she has seizures. That the seizure. While she has a seizure, she's her powers are happening. Well, so I mean, I took it like whatever. There's some psychological blockage of her powers, and that causes the seizures. Is what I read it as. She had when she was young. She her powers were different. Um. Uh, they show us that later. Yeah. But like I took and it like she's, she's sorry, I'll go ahead. Oh, she's well, she started having the seizures and um now it's just these uncontrollable tremors. Um yeah. I yeah, I mean I think the subtext is that she's so powerful, but she's got this psychological issue that that's how her powers manif- manifest because she's blocking them through this this these issues she's having, this trauma she's suffered. Okay. The, to me, this is something that would have really benefited to have a little bit more focus on to clarify, yeah. to build out their world, but not having it. It's just like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is this happening this way? Yeah, it's not. Things just did not hang together well at all. Um. So uh, let's see. We cut to Ruth stealing a car, driving away again. Why were the police called to this motel? Just because she knew there was. Like, as far as, like, the lady at the motel knew, and I assume the lady at the motel called the police, she... There was an earthquake. Yeah. Do the police investigate earthquakes? Yeah. <laughs> really? Are they going to arrest yeah. the tectonic plates? Uh, I mean, it's just emergency services. You're just but first was, on the scene. It's just everybody yeah. goes. But right. how was the earthquake only at the motel? How big, how big of an area was this? That's what I'm saying. Like, like... Why are they specifically only at the motel? 
Well, didn't that the guy the say that somebody center? called him from the hotel? Like, or somebody called him from the police? Like, I understand like, why scientist dude showed up, but why did the cops in general show up to investigate an earthquake? Well, because he worked for a, a right. secret he, government he agency. Like, I assume that the secret government agency pulled the cops in to do their bidding because they didn't have agents on the ground yeah. or something. Okay. Makes Here, sense. let's uh, make it easier for you. When something happens and there's potential danger, people call 911. Right. Okay. The first people to yeah, show up. I understand up, how well, fucking 911 works. doesn't go immediately to the seismic, um, you know. <laughs> I understand how. Whatever. I understand facility. why 911 works. What? There weren't like ambulances and things. What I'm just saying is that, like, was it just at this motel, this earthquake? Like, that's where the destruction originated. That's where the people called from. Right? Anyways. Yeah. So, she leaves the next <laughs> they day. They drive down the road and be like, I'm calling. From. Well, I guess they that could be smart. Like, I'd assume they'd, like, they'd be all over the place rescuing people. Like, the motel wasn't falling down. Like, I mean, I'm sure she called, but I'm sure other businesses around the area called too, but they were only at the motel. It's a very centralized Trimmer event. Yeah, it happened at the motel. Yeah. All right. Maybe I didn't understand this movie. I don't think I did. Yeah. I, I Ultimately, they just needed some B-roll of the lady who runs the front counter, like on the phone post earthquake with things falling down or something. So the next day, Ruth's in the middle of nowhere, driving through what looks like desert. She stops at a diner where she's eating one egg. Man next to her buys her a cup of coffee, attempts to make small talk. He introduces himself as Bill, but Ruth does not introduce herself. Bill leaves. Later, when Ruth leaves, too, she sees a cop looking at her stolen car. Bill, in order to save Ruth from the police, calls her over to his car, and she gets in. So was this all a setup? Did he have the cop there? Yeah, he said so he told she her would later. get in the car he told with her, him? He told her later that he called the cops to lure yeah. her to his car. Yeah, because um, he's so bad at all of this, except for that part. Yeah, well, like the entire time at the, the the diner, he's just like the creepiest dude ever. I would get up. I would get up a, a white dude. I would get up and move to a table. I'd be like, look, dude, I'm just trying to eat my egg here. Yeah. Leave me alone. 100 percent. You're really creepy. No, you cannot wear my skin. Um. Well, and also like, I mean. It's weird because he's the scientist. <laughs> like they keep making it a point that he's the scientist guy. And like, why right. is he, he involved in the he investigation? Should have just introduced or, himself that way. Why is hey, he? I'm a scientist. I know who you are. But like, why yeah, is he's on our side? But why is yeah? Why is he involved in like trying to track her down at all? Why aren't like the FBI or whoever those guys are doing it? Um. So yeah. Anyways, a valid question. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I would have loved somebody saying like, "We've got to move her to a third location because she's dangerous around people." Period. Boom. Done. Dialogue. Thank you. Fuck. This yeah, but instead, so it's bad. he's just instead instead like this government agency is like send the scientist out in a in 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 a station wagon to see if he can find this lady by driving around to random cafes. Also, well, he's he doesn't not, he's, have a gun. He didn't have a gun because he's a scientist. He's not a government agent. But at the end, he has a gun. Yes, at the end. He because, does. I mean, because he got shot with one, I guess. He's I like, ah, I'm going to get my revenge. I got to go get a gun. But it's so dumb. He's just the scientist. It's not, I don't know. Um, 
All right. Well, driving with Ruth, Bill tries to talk to her. She's not communicative. She wants out of the car as soon as possible. She finally agrees to let him drive her to a nearby town. Then Bill immediately just reveals that he's a scientist who's aware of her, (laughs) that she has some sort of powers, and he's been chasing her. He wants her to come with him. She starts trying to jump out of the car. Bill pulls over. They struggle. She gets the gun out. She shoots him in the hand. She shoots out the window and then runs away into the desert. And this is the most exciting thing that happens in this entire movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, by far. Um, She also kicks him in the face. Um, Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. (laughs) Yeah, that almost looked accidental, honestly. Like... It worked. Her climbing out of the window. Like I said, this is this was the most fun I had in this whole movie. I was like, oh, damn, that guy got shot. Oh, he's still he, things are happening now. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to continue to like ramp up and like be like some conflict. She goes home. Yeah. She just goes home. Like. Yeah. Only. Yeah. She just goes Have the home. people who wrote this movie ever seen a movie. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's like all the pieces of like a normal movie are there, but they're all just a little wrong. Yeah, because she's on her way back home. Yeah. And she just, you know, and so this dude who knows a lot about her finds her just a little bit away from her home instead of him showing up at her home where there's definitely more intrigue because there's three generations of power in one location, but he, he intercepts her at the diner, even though he knows where she's good. You know, yeah. Like you just said, lots of parts to a movie. (laughs) Somebody mentions later on that they've been looking for us and they haven't found us yet. Like grandma says that. Well, yeah. And she's like, every time, every time later on, she says, every time we go public, like they try to, get us or do things to us and it's like but like it's like maybe that's just because you're black women trying to do it on your (laughs) own maybe it's not your powers maybe they're just that's you know all the asshole white guys catch on and then they show up in your yard in a pickup truck and you're like we gotta move um the the i don't know they would stick out you know that's rough that's gotta be a rough way of life you know an older black lady and a younger child, and that's all, and they're in the fucking Texas panhandle or whatever. But we find out that they've been in that house for generations. Yeah, generations. Literal generations. Yeah. So how long? Yeah. Uh, it was um, Bo's great-grandmother. So, right. But like, all- that would make sense. But her moving constantly to new farmhouses, I would think would create attention that's i guess well, no, no, what no, i that's, was trying to say no no they aren't moving to new farmhouses they have been, i know yeah um but that but she made it seem that way no in that yeah well because they whenever we get on the radar whenever they oh yeah 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 she, she lived in town with the sheriff at one point in time i guess yeah, they, so, they had a thing yeah but then she yeah, had to so move she, back out she to, then moved out into the sticks to hide no 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 no. she 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 kept she got knocked up by the sheriff and then ended up not ever going back into town publicly because she got pregnant and her mom made her stay there. She made it seem like generation after generation, they just keep their daughters there, like not letting them go into town at all. 
but they just keep going and getting knocked up and coming back and having another generation of these kids. <laughs> yeah, I know places like that. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, sounds like no, Yuma. No, I was with you though. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. There's no magic in that. <laughs> no, there's not. And it's just, is it, it's just, it, it, well, and there's a way to make that interesting. It's weird that there was no more family. Like she wasn't like, oh, my mother and my father. Like it's only, it's only the women in this family that live well, there. It's implied that the magic is inherited, which is cool. That's a cool concept. Yeah. Sure. But like, it's just why, why this house, why outside of their hometown still. And they had the big journal that everyone, and that's another device that could have been cool, but mm-hmm. they could have given more history and more richness to that area and these this family's relation to that area more than just like they're always saying like oh they go in it just to interact because we need that to happen she had a kid mm. you know what i mean like there could have been something about why they're there and why so many generations there is like be- zero world building in this thing at all and I, and again i'm <laughs> I hate to come back to it because not that you have to pay attention to it, but for example, Texas was the last state to even hear um, that slavery had been dealt with. That's what Juneteenth is. Yeah, so, two years. So it would have been nice if they explained this, you know, multi generational property in Texas owned by these powerful mystical women. Right. But they they didn't really. <laughs> they didn't really. Right, because. It, this, nope. this drought's only been going on for eight years, so I assume prior to the drought, they lived in what is essentially the normal 20th and 21st centuries that we're aware of. So, like, you know. Right. And they had this giant, you know, voluminous journal that all the, and it really, the journal only says the powers go back many generations. Instead of a story about what it was like, why were they there? Yeah, it would have been nice to see some more flashbacks, maybe to like some previous generations, like something. Like it's just there's or even the lazy scene they had, which was her just talking to her daughter about the book. Mm-hmm. They could have just like thrown in another line or two. I feel like we're jumping ahead a little too much. All right. So, anyways, um, she. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, Ruth arrives at a convenience store, gets some water, cleans up in the bathroom, and starts walking. That night, a uh, sheriff finds the abandoned car. Uh, meanwhile, Bill arrives at the convenience store where Ruth cleaned up. Um, Ruth, meanwhile, arrives in her hometown of Garrison. She goes into a bar and convinces the owner to feed her in exchange for doing work. Um, so beer and coffee has to be pretty pricey too, right? Yes. You would think so. Those take – well, I mean, the coffee they at least addressed. Like They addressed that, yeah. They didn't yeah. tell us how they made it, but – it's been shitty for eight years. And it's but, clearly expensive because she couldn't afford it and Bill bought it for her. So, like, I get that. But the beer is kind of just flowing. There are, there are a bunch of dudes drinking in that bar. Yeah, that yeah. bar is happening. That bar. Not to mention all of the um, all of the things that run on water or require water to also be involved, like vehicles, for instance. <laughs> yes. You have a radiator in your car. Most people. Uh, well, you shouldn't take that much cost. water to replace. Yeah. I, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that take water besides just drinking water <laughs> and plants. Well, animals. Yes. <laughs> like, like you asked Al about the egg. Yes. Yeah. Quite a bit much, of water to keep a chicken alive. How much did that one egg cost? 
Yeah, I'm guessing right. it was expensive, which is why she only Asking, had one egg. That's a deep question, Al. Yeah. How much does one egg? That was like a twelve dollar breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, food. It would cause a lot of food scarcity too. In addition, well, and uh, the food industry it seems to be doing fine. So yeah, you know, how do you clean dishes? I don't with a I damp cloth. <laughs> that's yeah. I guess they, they show us. They do. Um, oh, right. She's, yeah. Well, and like. I don't know. I didn't watch this. We can see cigarettes still exist, so they're still growing tobacco. Um, so tobacco and booze are things that we're willing to put large amounts of water into. Um, I mean, fair enough. Which I don't honestly think people, is yeah. not entirely unrealistic. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah. We would probably, yeah. We would sure. probably go down smoking and drinking if the world were to end. Fair enough. Um, so anyways, after bar close, oh yeah, that was, I was going to say like, I don't, in, in 2019, we still are doing like, you can wash dishes for your meal. <laughs> like no one's done that since the thirties. <laughs> since Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Um, if that's an option, there's a lot of places I'm going to eat at. And then just how many dishes do I have to wash for this meal? <laughs> yeah, Totally. Well, and I think that was supposed to show that that woman was like uh, sympathetic, you know, or maybe that she even knew about who she was. Well, yeah, because she mentions, are you from this town? So she doesn't recognize her, but she's also like, oh, I I guess you're a local. (laughs) She's like, I'm almost home. But, but I'm gonna stop and do a bunch of dishes at this. Roadhouse. But also this, this town, yeah, also, almost home, almost home. Also, this town is ridiculous because we can see from this bar. There's like at least forty. There's like forty people in this bar this night. But anytime they show the town, there is no one anywhere in any street, and there's four buildings. That's because they're all hung over. <laughs> one of those magical towns that has everything and nothing exactly at the same time. Lazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she uh listens it's like when you need it, it has the different Mayberry characters. Like if your car's broken down, then you'll talk to, you know, Otis at the shop and you yeah. know, all of a sudden there's that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's uh she listens to some X ray specs on the uh the uh, jukebox, which is what kind of, uh-huh. which I think is one of the most unrealistic I, things in a small Texas town with X-ray specs on the jukebox. Come on, honestly, <laughs> I, there was a bar in Yuma that had uh, X-ray specs and like X and Misfits and stuff. So it's not that unrealistic. Okay, and it was like yeah, an but- old old bar from like the 1800s. Wow. So <laughs> like, back when the X-ray specs <laughs> the were big. Was not. The jukebox was not, but I mean, like the bar itself is like an establishment, uh, Red's Birdcage in Yuma, but their, but their jukebox has that kind of stuff. So to me, I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's kind of All a right, fair cool enough. choice. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, Texas that did not, I didn't have to suspend disbelief at all for that, that moment. I thought it was cool that they paid them for that song. Yeah, that is cool. It's cool that they paid. It's, it's cool that they gave them any sort of acknowledgement. That's not a band that you see talked about ever. This is literally the only thing that makes her character human to me in this movie. Like as a real flesh and blood human being is the fact that she has musical taste. Yeah. Out, yeah. Not that she has a child 
or a mother or that she's on the run. It's literally she puts some coins in a jukebox and chooses a punk rock song. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's personality. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only personality she has. Which is a bummer because she because that's interesting. Yeah. That alone is interesting. This actress does a great job of making yeah. that seem like she's thinking about playing this song for a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, yeah. And I mean, all the other stuff, like she's on drugs, like drugs. <laughs> oh, the drugs, the drugs you are on. You're, the, you're, you're on drugs. Like, yeah. Tell us what the drugs are, at least like. She could have just said, I hit the bottle real hard as a result. I hit the bottle real hard. And I would have bought it immediately. Yeah. But like what? <laughs> generic drugs, like she's a dare ad. Right. Is she smoking PCP and jumping out of like the, the lab, like school lab windows? Like Tylenol. She's on Tylenol. <laughs> yep. Uh, right. Is that them trying to like, it's opioids maybe or something? Like she maybe. wants downers, like, and they didn't want to say, I've been. Yeah, maybe Smoking like oxy. I don't know. Is it to deal with the seizures? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. why she was doing it. But yeah, I mean, just generic drugs. All right. Um. Anyways, so she goes and spends the night in an abandoned motel. Meanwhile, the sheriff and his men are investigating the crime scene at the abandoned car. The next day, Ruth walks out to a farm, I guess, or a house in the middle of nowhere. Um. Apparently, she arrives there in the morning and apparently just stands outside. All day long, because then we cut to nighttime. <laughs> when um, Bo, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think this was a flashback because um, it was cutting between her standing in front of the house and being in the hotel. Um, so I think I felt like she was remembering, like leaving home. Because, no, because it was cut like she was looking at the house, like she was walking towards the house. I mean, um, I definitely read it as I, she was I, walking to the I house. Thought it, I thought it was cut uh, that she was contemplating the house before leaving, that she was remembering leaving home. Because mm. she was, because it kept cutting back to her in the hotel room. So I, I thought this was a flashback in her head. And then it cuts to the house. At night. Anyway, I, I mean, I'll could buy be. It. I'll buy it. Yeah, could I, be. It, this movie feels like a jumbled bag of parts coming out of a bag. Yeah, at random though. I mean, so this as a this part felt really jumbled. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that that could be that at least would make some sort of sense. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Oh, well, because uh, she had a flashback about the at the same time uh, this same scene she had a flashback about the pipe bursting. Hmm. Okay. This was like the the first time they showed the 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 pipe bursting back okay. at home. Hmm. All right, but yeah, it was all choppy. Yeah, it was uh, okay. And inside, um, an older woman, Bo, and a little girl, Lila, are cleaning up after dinner. We learn that Lila likes to fix mechanical things. Lila goes to bed. Bo goes outside to smoke a cigarette. She disintegrates the cigarette, and then, surprised by Ruth coming out of the dark, she puts the cigarette back together. Magically. She recombobulates it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we cut to some government guy arriving at the abandoned motel. He finds Bill staying there. Bill also went to the abandoned motel to sleep. Uh, well, was that the same motel? Uh, it, 
it looked like it and it had the same like the inside was like had no power and had graffiti all over it just like the one she was in I, I okay i didn't see enough of the inside but it looked like the sign was still on outside oh okay so maybe it was well i mean because that was the only motel in garrison and i have to assume he's because the 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 bartender said um or that they uh ruth and the bartender talked about she was like oh that's closed down um and yeah valleys um and uh yeah, so okay. I it, they made it seem like that was the only motel in Garrison, and it was in fact abandoned. So I mean, maybe he wasn't in Garrison. That's what I was thinking that he qu- hadn't quite made it to Garrison yet. But I mean, Garrison's the only thing around there. And when he talked to the guy at the convenience store, he said, "You know, you're just three miles outside of Garrison." Fair. And like, there's nothing else there. So he would have had Wait, to have no. traveled. The convenience store is three miles from Garrison. Yes. That's what the How, dude said. And after she left the convenience store, she went to the bar in Garrison. Yes. And then before going home. Yes. If her house is less than like 10 miles away, she is two hours walk. Yeah. Tops. From home. Yeah. That wow. Yeah. I missed the three miles out of Garrison line. That yeah. just contextualizes all of this and makes it even more insane. Yeah. Uh, this is like the Shire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like no. She's traveling vast distances. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's ridiculous because like none of the mechanics of the film hold together at all. It's like they had an idea that they like for, for, for a metaphor and then just made a movie without actually writing a script. Yeah, the like the time and space aspects of this movie are, are so confusing. Well, yeah, like we'll get to it later. There's a thing later on. We'll get to it anyway. So, um, <laughs> we cut back to Ruth and Bo talking. Ruth wants to stay a while. She tells Bo she's sober now, and that she's having seizures again, which were being held at bay by doing the drugs. Ruth wants Bo to try and help her control her seizures. She thinks she will be able to now. Uh, it's unclear why she thinks she'll be able to now, but uh, Bo lets her sleep in the barn. Ruth asks about Lila's powers. Bo tells her she doesn't have seizures like Ruth. She has powers like Bo does. They argue a little bit. Then Bo goes back into the house. We cut to the sheriff arriving home where he lives alone. We cut to Lila sleeping. There's an earthquake. She and Bo shelter in a doorway. Afterward, Bo takes Lila out to the barn and introduces Ruth to her as her mother. Uh, She's all Bo knows. This, this, uh, this, the writing for this seemed so weird. It seemed ceremonious and unceremonious at the same time. Yeah. Everything seemed like that. Everything seemed like deeply important, but also kind of just tossed off. Yeah. It it was naturalistic, but everything is of vast importance in this myth mythology that we're creating. Yeah. Like what? Um, the next day, Bill is going through Ruth's things from her bag, which she left in the car. Um, him and government guy head into town and arrive at the sheriff's station. We cut to Lila working on an old truck. Bo calls her and Ruth into breakfast there. Ruth and Bo tell her that Ruth doesn't have her powers anymore. She lost them as a child. Strange things started happening when she used her powers, and then she started having seizures. It's very unclear why 
that happened. Like, they don't explore, like, what trauma caused her seizures to start. Her powers were just weird, and then she started having seizures. They never really explore that or explain what the deal was. Which is weird, because that's kind of the crux of the whole film. Was it supposed to be the drugs? No, because it seemed like it was when she was, like, a kid. Like, it's, yeah. it seemed like prior to the drugs. Like, she started doing the drugs to control the seizures. So, like... Yes, that's what it seemed like. It's very, very unclear what happened to cause her to have the seizures. Um, It was all that breakfast with no milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they eat a lot of dry Cheerios in this house. Dry, dry cereal. Dry Cheerios. They'll, they'll give you seizures. <laughs> well, you, you can't mainline that shit. <laughs> You got to cut Does it. Does every milk. baby in a high chair <laughs> coast to coast? <laughs> well, you have to eat it like a baby eating dry Cheerios, or you just grab handfuls and shove them towards your mouth. <laughs> or you try so hard to get one at a time, and it just as ends you, up, as you practice your fine motor skills, <laughs> and it just ends up on your cheek, stuck there. Yeah, never gets in the mouth. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. Ooh, babies. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so um, she tells her that she left home as a teenager because she was sick because she doesn't want to tell her about the drugs. She's She's like, I was sick of this shit. (laughs) Every teenager. Yeah. Um, She says when their seizures went away, then she returned home some years later with Lila as a baby. She left Lila with Bo. They tell Lila that Bo is going to help Ruth get her get back in touch with her powers. She thinks that might make the seizures go away. Lila demonstrates her power by levitating a bowl, taking it apart, and putting it back together. Lila tells Ruth that when she does this, she sees colors around everything. It seems to me that the being able to levitate things is just as big a deal as taking the stuff apart. Honestly. They kind of gloss over that, but that seems like a pretty cool power on its own without even disintegrating it. Yeah, that's super useful. Like, it's cool that you can uh, atomize things, but also, like, I can get beer from the fridge without moving. Yeah, that has a lot of uses. I would practice that. I would practice, like, writing with a pencil with my brain. Right. They don't seem to ever try to refine their powers. They just kind of do it off haphazardly like when she's working on that truck i'd have been like pulling the tools up to me without having to get down to the toolbox yeah or fixing the thing using your brain and turning the screw with your brain yeah there's all sorts of stuff you could do with don't need a wrench if you can use telekinesis (laughs) yeah you don't need a wrench if you have a brain (laughs) Uh, and don't try fixing things because gonna stay broken um <laughs> uh, did we get to the part where they quote that to each other it's uh, it's this scene it is this scene that we're currently in yeah um yeah does anybody want to explain that to me i guess is that written down somewhere I guess, or do they repeat that before I, they go to bed i guess the family up? crest yeah i guess sometimes shit is broken and it's broken forever and it stays broken. Yeah. I guess the quitters. I guess the idea is that Bo said it so often that they're like, oh, we were both raised by the same woman. <laughs> Look at that. Um like if this felt like it was supposed to be important, 
that yeah. they both knew this thing, this phrase. Yeah. But it wasn't at all. No, it wasn't. And this phrase is dumb and turns out to not be true at all, even within and, the film. Yeah, it's so not helpful not <laughs> to anybody's like hero's journey or their life yeah. or anything. Yeah. Well, and uh, I wish she had said it to the cop. Like grandma should have said it to the cop at the end. Yeah. Well, and this is a a series like this is another movie where stuff just happens. Like she just starts getting seizures. We don't know why. She at the end she just stops getting the seizures. We don't know why. Nothing happens that sparks it. It just happens. Um there's no cause and effect. It's just things happen. Um so back in town the sheriff arrives at the station to find that the government guys have taken over his investigation into the abandoned car crime scene. So he goes back out to where the car was found and follows Ruth's trail through the desert. We cut back to the house. Bo's trying to help Ruth use her powers on a bucket. After a while, they stop. (laughs) On the bucket? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like like, she's just like, try to do a thing to the bucket. I can't. Well, then just breathe. Okay, now we're done. It's like a five-minute lesson. (laughs) Like... We know what he's really investigating because he's on the special earthquake unit. Yeah. But also, I mean, like, this is like, this makes Yoda's training of Luke seem really, really in depth. (laughs) Honestly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, uh,. Bo shows Ruth a journal kept by the women of her family going back four generations. They all had the powers. She mentions that. This is the first time she's ever seen this journal. She grew up there, at least through her teens. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's apparently been there for generations, this home. She was high. Well, (laughs) but this is... I thought that was a Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) This is definitely the kind of thing that, like, you know, you've got your, like, four-year-old daughter who can, like, move shit with her mind. You'd sit down and look through this journal and be like, your grandma and great-grandma. Yeah. My grandma had me look at photo albums that she got that month. (laughs) It was always old ladies like in some sort of uh, uh, bar hall that they rented smoking while there's like a cake and it's like some kid's birthday. Yep. (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) They uh, Lila comes in and suggests a new way of thinking about the powers. Don't try to imagine it. Just remember it. (laughs) Okay. Like, it's helpful, but also it's another case of seems like it's important, but it's just so casual. It's so casual, but then, like, the remembering thing, and it's like that she couldn't remember. I'm getting ahead of myself, but... I don't know. When I'm thinking of a memory, it's usually in my head, so I don't know. Tell me the distinction. Between imagine... Don't imagine it. Remember it. Okay. Should I remember to imagine it, or should I imagine I'm remembering it? Are you going to act it out, or, or should I think about it in my mind? Should I use my imagination to fill in? <laughs> uh, so um, everything stays broken. Don't forget. Yeah. Um. So Ruth tries to break the bowl apart, but she ends up shattering a window upstairs. Ruth and Lila talk while cleaning up the glass. Ruth tells Lila that as a child, Bo told her stories about women that could break apart the sky. Later, she found out they weren't real. She just suggests that Lila, that she puts the window back together, 
but Lila is unable to do it. I love um, the phrase women who can break apart the sky. It's such an interesting concept. I wish they had said five other words about this idea. They 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 wrote down five cool sentences and then shot a movie. <laughs> like that's what happened. Uh so Bo actually uh gave that woman a name uh Simona. She lived in Europe and had Ruth like write her a letter at one point. Yeah. Like, San- like Santa Claus. She said, yeah, she said like a Santa, like Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, but like, I, uh, all, all of this is just is so unexplored. And then also they just keep throwing things at us and none of it means anything. Um, Meanwhile, the sheriff arrives at the convenience store where Ruth and Bill work, questions the clerk. Back at the house, Lila convinces Bo to go into town to pick up a few tools she needs to finish fixing the truck. Um, cut back to the sheriff. He's traced Ruth's path to the bar where she was a few nights before. Then in town, Bo and Lila are picking up things at the general store. Lila bumps into Bill. They buy some things and leave. Bill assumes that the first black person he sees must be related to the last black person he saw. Um, That shit's crazy. Yeah. All right, Bill. Good work there, bro. Um, He's a scientist. He's a scientist. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile. He did the science. He's like, I've got a theory. <laughs> Meanwhile, it might be bunnies. <sighs> at the house, the phone rings, but Ruth doesn't answer it. She allows the answering machine to get it. The The technology in this movie is interesting because they try to make everything like from the 80s, basically set like 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 technology stopped in the 80s in this movie. There's no cell phones. The phone is like a, a, a dial phone. Rotary. Rotary phone. Well, all the, the cell cars. network is run largely on water. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> it's true. Rainwater. It's a series. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> yep. Filled, uh, with, filled water. with water. The jukebox. Yeah, we only is have old school. Al Gore to thank. Yeah. 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 It's the old school jukebox. It's it's like the cars are all like eighties era cars, seventies um, or eighties era cars. Yeah. I know. Yeah. In every synopsis I read, it was just quote general future. Mm-hmm. Just without water. Yeah, like was this in the nineties? Because all we saw were Crown Vicks for the cops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the biggest standout and, like and the rest of is two. the phones, the phone system that, yeah. that stands out. You, you can squeak by everything else, but like, oh, our communication grid never never existed, or like Brian said, Oh no, there's not enough water to, <laughs> to run the cells. <laughs> to run the satellite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. It's time to take the garden hose to space. <laughs> Fill up that satellite. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sir. It's going to stay broken. I'm sorry. So, all right. Um, let's see. Ruth starts meditating, trying to use her powers to break apart the bowl and put it back together. She's unsuccessful. Although behind her, she breaks apart a cloud, causing a 
like a very centralized little rainstorm that water falls to the ground. Would they not have noticed this? It was just as they arrived. It would be like, wow, everything's wet. What the fuck? You're on. <laughs> she doesn't seem to notice it. Yeah, she doesn't notice. Like, she doesn't hear it. She doesn't feel the humidity. No one notices that everything got wet. <laughs> For the first time in eight years, apparently. So this. <laughs> uh, well, and this is such a weird choice. To have her be sitting and disappointed that she couldn't do this thing. It rains behind her. She doesn't pick up on it at all. Mm -hmm. She clearly doesn't have control over her power. Yeah. But she made it rain for the first time in eight years. Yeah. but And no one notices. <laughs> no. Do you guys remember the movie Children of Men? Yes. Remember the scene where the baby starts, yeah. the baby's born and the baby is crying and everybody stops? Mm-hmm. Yep. If it didn't rain for eight years and it smelled like rain, you'd be like, dude, wait, hold on. Yeah. What is this? It smells like rain. Yeah. Is that fresh water I smell? Like, yeah. Exactly. It's so disappointing that that didn't happen in any way, even while it was raining at the end. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, and oh, that ends. Okay. Anyway. That ends. And, and why? And why do this now? That I just. Yeah. So confused and frustrated by every choice that they make because these are choices. They are choices and they're bad choices. Um, so, all right. Bo and Lila arrive home. Lila goes into her room, putting back together some additional tools that she stole from the store with her power. We cut to her working on the car into the evening. Ruth reads from the journal. She and Bo do some mother-daughter bonding. Ruth tells Bo about the phone call. Bo goes and listens to the silent message. Meanwhile, Lila and Ruth bond. They talk about music. Lila tells Ruth that she's fixing the truck so she can leave and find others like her, as she believes there must be some sort of purpose to their powers. Ruth gets upset at her, telling her there's nothing in the world for her and she should stay on the farm. This is all so, so very, like... Why? This yeah. unnecessary conflict. Yeah, well, yeah, and I understand, like, like, and she's, like, mad at her, like, you can't leave, like, first off, she's, she's not going to get far in that truck, as we see later on, because there was apparently half a gallon of gas in it, but, um, yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, it, and also, like, I don't know. Like, it never occurred to any of them before. Like, maybe there is, like, others like us. Like, no, we're the only, like, I don't know. Just, we're back at the world building. It's all terrible. Um. So, Bo meets with the sheriff, who tells her about the car crime scene. Um. It's heavily implied at this point that he's Ruth's father. They don't state it explicitly yet. Um, Bo tells him that Ruth is at the house. Back at home, Ruth and Bo argue. Bo wants Ruth to leave as the men, um, as a, she's a danger to Lila. Lila interrupts them fighting and Ruth refuses to leave. The next morning, Bill. So, sorry, before you get too far, um, the old signal yeah. was calling and not leaving a message or leaving a five message, five a, second message of silence. A five seconds of silence, yes. Okay. How many times did Bo go? to the old high school track when 
like a telemarketer called and didn't leave a message. <laughs> it happened constantly, I'm sure. Yeah, this now, is like I get why they did this, but like also you could just like click the handset on a countertop or it, something. Yeah. Yeah, you could like hang up. you could like tap it or something like tap tap tap. That's it. Like something. Five seconds of silence. You'll know that I'm calling you. How does it go through? Tap tap tap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Al, what, what you 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 didn't remember that telemarketers run on water? Oh right, <laughs> there are no more. Right, they're they're gone. They're fish I mean, people. <laughs> telemarketers they are live, fish people. Technically, it's true. We all run on water. <laughs> uh, Damn, that's true. The we next, should all be dead. This movie's deeper than we thought. <laughs> yeah. The no, truth not. about telemarketers. <laughs> it's about six feet down, six to nine feet, wherever the water is. Uh, so Bill is arguing with his government boss who wants to call off the chase because the scientist guy wasn't able to find, track down the lady. He's not a trained, like, investigator. He's the scientist guy. This was so dumb. So dumb. And you know she's in this town. There's only like 12 people. Like, you'll find her after a few days. Uh, well, he's he's mad that he abandoned the car for the cops to find. <laughs> Do you know how much a station wagon costs? A 1985 Ford station wagon. Uh, it cost me like 11 waters. <laughs> uh, but Bill had a point that he didn't want to drive this station wagon with the shot out window into town. Yeah. I'll judge him. But you might want to like anyway. drive it off the road to somewhere hidden, Bill. <laughs> um behind the line of states. And also they just ride there's only four people in town and they ride in and take over the sheriff's station. What is he mad? Like they take over the town and are waving guns around. It doesn't matter what the townspeople think. Um so anyways, back at the house, Bo tells Ruth about when she was young and she snuck out and met Ruth's dad. Her mother didn't let her leave the house at all during her childhood. Bo would sneak out, ended up getting pregnant with Ruth. Lila gets the truck running. Bo and Ruth let her have the keys, but Bo discovers that Lila stole the tools from the store and gets angry. Just then, the sheriff arrives, telling them that the government guys are in town. They're looking for Ruth to do experiments on her. They're all in danger. It's revealed to Lila that the sheriff is Ruth's dad. So, Bo gives Ruth the truck. Ruth leaves. Lila wants to go with her, but Ruth reveals to Lila that she was a drug addict. And when she gave birth to Lila, she thought her seizures were gone, but they weren't. She doesn't even know who her dad is. Because at that time, the the best cure for epilepsy was have a kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't understand the like, I don't even know who your dad is thing. Like, damn, I guess she was trying to be extra cruel. Yeah, that's I just guess. petty. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, She's like, well, in a booming metropolis like this. Was she supposed to be upset because she just figured out that her dad was the cop in town and she had like known him her whole life? No, no, no. She knew all along. Oh, she did know that was her father? Yeah, only Lila didn't know that it was her grandfather. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. She was just 
She was just I, mad at Lila for like wanting to come with her. She was like trying doing like the whole get out of here. I don't want you no more thing. Shane. Yeah. Or Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Um, I I thought she was just down on herself for being so strung out that she didn't know who got her pregnant. She's like, I'm a um, loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? But also her. <laughs> this she shows her motivation for telling Lila that she shouldn't leave the farm. She says, like, you know, there's nothing out there. This is just a horrible place full of horrible people. Yeah. She's like, but I want to see gay Perry. <laughs> no, the French are the most horrible people out there. <laughs> They're the worst people of all. You've got to keep them down on the farm. They it's put, like the Dewey Cox, like you don't want to smoke this Dewey. Right. You don't want none of this. I think I, they kind of do. I think, yeah. The French people. They pronounce every word ill. Ruth Ruth drives, apparently runs out of gas in the driveway. <laughs> like it's immediate. Um, she walks to a gas station. They're filling up a can. She starts to have a seizure. She runs into the desert, then remembers the seizure she had when Lila was a baby, which caused a water pipe to burst and nearly drown Lila. Remembering this and remembering the face of her child apparently allows her to control and stop the seizure? I guess? Yeah. Why did she suddenly remember? How is this seizure different from the others? What sparked her to, like, what? What? Did did she have like acute amnesia around the mo- the memory of her daughter almost drowning? It seemed, and then she remembered it. I guess wasn't that cute. I <laughs> I guess she did, but also like why did she and why did now she remember? Okay, also this kid is like ten years old, right? Mm-hmm. The car has not been driving in ten years. But somehow the gas in that tank still works. Yeah. At least far enough to get her out of the gate of the house, <laughs> to which she yeah. then walked to a <laughs> <the> station. <laughs> That's a go-kart. Um, yeah. So uh, she looks into the sky. She sees the colors and the clouds. She gets her car some gas and heads back to the farm where she finds everything in disarray and Bo and Lila missing. She goes to see the sheriff, who tells her that the government guys took Lila to do experiments on, but not Bo. They know Bo has powers, but they don't also take her. How do they know Bo has powers? I'm okay. I guess not. How do they know Lila has powers? They knew because they had been looking for them for generations. Like, how do they know Lila has powers? Are they just assuming she does? Uh, Dean said the men came to the house and Lila used her powers. Oh, to try to stop them. That's right. Okay. All right. So, Bo. So, did they not know beforehand that she had powers? I guess not. I don't they, think so. They only knew Ruth did. And they only knew about the earthquakes. They didn't even know about the disintegrating things. Also, they have the ability to like atomize objects and then put them back together. Yeah. That would be such a gangster thing to do to a person. Yeah, I kept, I, kept, I, kept, <laughs> I kept expecting them to do it to a person. Because the scary part about that is not, obviously, you can become 
pink mist, mm. but then to be put back together right. would be really disturbing. Like what? Yeah. What did you experience in that time? Are you normal now? Are you back? Which was the first question I asked when this did not happen was like, damn, that that would have been like a huge philosophical implication as to like what you exist as in that moment. And then afterwards, it's kind of, and yeah. And then there's the yeah, the additional like um, Star Trek transporter question of like, are you still you? Yeah, you, what was uh, are Riker's you t- Thomas Riker now? Clone? Yeah, Thomas Riker. That's right. Yeah, um, um, I still want to hear their trombone duets, but um, <laughs> like, uh, why not ask this question? Yeah, that was like the first thing I thought about when I saw that they could take stuff apart. What happens when you do it to a person? First thing. Yeah. Well, you and, and not just not just the taking apart, the putting back together. Like, are mm. they capable of? completely reassembling yourself and your consciousness and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We'll never know. We, we won't because this is, they slapped this thing together with like cardboard and, and magic markers. Um, so, uh, let's see. She, she tell Ruth tells Bo that she saw the colors and she can take apart the sky. So she leaves to go get Lila, I guess. I don't know what she plans on doing other than making it rain on them. <laughs> what was her plan? All she can do is the rain thing at this point. I just imagine her showing up with like a money gun, just like shooting it in the air. <laughs> the 20s going everywhere. Making it rain. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, in a cell, Lila disintegrates the handcuffs. She could just get herself out. <laughs> like, she was never in danger of having to be staying in that cell. Well, I would, again, these, the implications of these powers are really neat. And like cinematically, you could do a lot of interesting stuff. She could have dissolved the truck she was sitting in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, These are expensive CGI ideas, but like, that's a thing you build a movie around. Like, Oh, you vaporize a person in a car and a, Gun and some handcuffs. Yeah, like Boom. I'm like I'm imagining them driving at her, like in the car with like guns, and she just vaporizes them, and the mist goes through her on the other side, and she reassembles it, and they're like, "What?" But instead, we got like the colorful sky colors, and they're gonna crack the sky or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um. So then, Bo and the sheriff arrive too. The government guys come out. They all enjoy some rain. They pull guns on Bo, the sheriff and Ruth. Bo disintegrates their guns. Lila disintegrates the doors of her cell in the sheriff's office. Comes outside. I, I disagree. Because uh, um, Lila um, earlier couldn't disintegrate the door. She was trying, but she couldn't do it. I think this is Ruth uh, taking down the doors right now. Oh. I think this is Ruth doing all of this. Oh, okay. That did not... I did not. Uh, maybe, yeah. I did not get that. You know, actually, I I think I agree with you, Al. This this was supposed to be like her Jean Grey moment. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, that did not play for me. I did, that did, I did not pick that up. I thought it was Lila doing it. Okay. Makes sense. That makes far more sense, actually. <laughs> um. So Lila. Um. Is is this the first time Lila's ever heard rain? 
Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of a I cool think moment. So. Her yeah. like hearing that sound and being like, "What is that?" Yeah, that that yeah. Um, Lila comes out and asks Bo where Ruth is when Ruth is twenty feet to her right. <laughs> She's cl- apparently Lila has face blindness. <laughs> um, She's nearsighted. She was in the shot when she asked where she was. Like, Jesus. Um, Things like that and like the cop, like the sheriff being like, so I stopped working at the body shop and became the sheriff in case you were wondering. Like, yeah, I can tell from the fact that you're the sheriff. (laughs) Like, just like befuddlingly, like unnecessary lines. Well, no, they had a planned prequel movie about him being a body shop owner. <laughs> and they had and to set it up. Bo had, water. Yeah, Bo had used her powers to to pull out dents. <laughs> um, so yeah, Bo offers herself to the scientists in exchange for Lila, who's reunited with her mother. Why, though, when she could vaporize these people? Yes, vaporize them. Just vaporize them, Bo. That's all you got to do. Uh, what did she say? What did he say to them? He's like, I don't want to hurt you or something. And she yeah. says it back to him. She's like, no, you mean you don't want us to hurt you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. She like reversed Uno'd him and it was great. <laughs> but then she goes with them. Right. After like, being like very threatening and like that was that was a pretty bold gangster move. Like, Yeah. Like, I was looking forward to Mama Bear just laying down the smack on them, and all she does is disintegrate the guns. Like, I think her last line was, I'll come along, but you got zero power over me. Yeah, but why is she coming along at this point? Like, I don't understand why she's going with them. Yeah. She did not need to. Because she's not a murderer. I guess. Yeah, like what were they? I get were they trying to do the like Superman in handcuffs thing? Like, sure, I'll wear handcuffs, but I can get yeah. right out of here. Like, is that what that was supposed to be? I guess because instead it, it just felt like she's like, all right, I'll go to jail. Yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, I guess that was her deal. Or what because she's like, you can do your experiments on me, basically, she was saying, but like only only the ones I'll let you. Yeah, and FYI, I'm into some freaky shit. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Spoiler alert: it's butt stuff. (laughs) That's butt stuff all the way down. Um, So, okay, is is the worldwide drought problem solved now? I guess because. She is she going to drive around and make I, clouds? I think the idea around the world. I guess the idea was that she's going to. Well, because all right, they, all right. So they find a note from Bo telling them to head for Rome to find another woman um, that she used to know with the powers. What's her face? What was the name, Al? Simona Lot. Simona. That sounds like a porno. It's my name. favorite Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Girl uh, Scout. Simona Lot is real. There are others. Find them. Go take apart the sky. It sounds like an Austin Powers name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like a lot. Simona Lot. Yeah. So I guess the idea was that they're all gonna get together and use their powers to stop the drought. So there you go. That's from the Vatican. Yes. That's their plan. 
Um, that's the movie. <laughs> that's it. All right. It, it is indeed a movie. Yeah. Barely. Barely a movie. Um, <laughs> I, hope, I don't even want to rank it. <laughs> Honestly. Um, well, how how do we? I, I don't know. It's a totally different movie. Yeah. I mean, was that Chris Evans movie where he had uh, telekinesis powers? Um, oh, it was, uh, what was that called? Um, push. Push? Push, I think. Push. Bush. But that was about their powers. This is a drama that, like, has that as a device. Uh, the Anakin Skywalker, he can teleport movie. Jump. We have ju- okay, Jumper. So we have Jumper and Push together at 92 and 93. This is significantly worse than those, but this is those were the movies Th- that this made me think. Of. Absolutely, those movies made me think of that. Um, but it was a worse movie. Um, Sorry, bef- before we continue with the uh, the ranking, uh, I didn't know we were getting into that Sorry, get that yeah. quickly. Um, I had an unanswered question. Um, there was a a photo of about halfway through the movie. There was a photo on the wall of Bo with a, a white baby. Um, was that Simona? I thought it was supposed to be Ruth since Ruth's dad was white. Oh, that, that baby was way too white. Way to too be white. Ruth. Okay. I didn't t- pay enough attention. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I thought Simona was like, I, I got the feeling Simona was like the, like one of Bo's like, uh, peers. Like she was of her generation, but I don't, that's just me assuming we had no, we had no indication with it being in Rome. I assume that she's a sexy old crone (laughs) (laughs) like the Pope. (laughs) Was it, was it Rome or Paris? Rome. She said, she said, Simone, the, the note at the end said Rome. I, they may have said something about Paris earlier. Why a note? Why not? Like, Hey, there's a lady I know in Rome. You should go see her. Why did she have to pass her a wet, folded up little tiny note that she took the time to write down? There's that a if la- she died or was taken into custody, there's now a note that says find this very unique name well, in Rome. It, 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 it's because- she has powers. The government is hunting her. Well, it's, it wasn't just a note. It was, you know, it was it, it was actually there. There once was a lady in Rome. <laughs> it's a limerick. Yeah, it's a limerick. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything, like, this movie needed to be rewritten, like, four times before they shot it. This is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers bad. Ooh. It, yeah. It like, kinda... like, it looked cool. Like, the visuals were cool. Some of the performances were good. We thought that about Power Rangers. Some of these performances were okay. Like, but the movie itself is just barely a movie. Fantforstick. I'm looking at Fantforstick. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, the spirit was this worse than the spirit? Because I don't know. I don't know if anything's. I don't know how you compare any of those two. It yeah, it it failed as a drama. It failed as a superhero movie. I guess I I guess I'm looking. Feels like it's in a different genre than all of these. Well, it is. So I mean, I think we can only look at it as a movie then. So one thirty-five. (laughs) <laughs> and say like 
what it was trying to do. Did it accomplish it better or worse than what these movies were trying to do? And I think it accomplished, I think Underdog accomplished what it was trying to do better than this movie did. For what Underdog was trying to do. I think they all did that more. Uh, I don't know. I'll recuse myself. What was the movie with uh, where they had like a CCTV and they were in the town? That was and it was uh, super. All superheroes must die. That's one thirty nine. Is that the worst? That's Is our that worst. The lowest? That's our lowest movie. Yes. <laughs> then it should, this should be one forty, in my opinion. The last time you really think it. it's that bad? I mean, it's really bad. I, mean, I don't it's... because the superhero movie. So according to what we were just saying, I well, think all of these movies succeeded at what they were trying to do more than I mean, I'm done. I don't care. I'm going to put it wherever. I think it's definitely near the bottom, but it's, I don't know. Al thoughts. Uh, let's see. Um, I'd rather watch this again than Superman four. That's a good way to look at it. Um, no way. <laughs> I, what? <laughs> I will watch Superman 4 again in my life, I guarantee. At this, least I, that's fun. I, yeah. I, I will not watch this again. I, I guess. I even watch it this time. I would definitely watch this again before The Crow Wicked Prayer. Nope. <laughs> I will or, never watch this movie again. There will be no, not even ironically, there's no fun in this. There's, it's and true. It's not a superhero movie, but I guess we didn't decide that i thought we decided it right away that this is not a superhero movie it's we know it's not a comic book movie huge quotes but it's not a superhero movie either i thought we decided that but maybe not um i'll think about it this way uh this movie did not disturb me as much as son of the mask <laughs> oh so that's the okay I, i'm, I'm oh, making up criteria all over the place just, yeah like, no it uh, didn't this, uh, it didn't creep me out no this movie did not just hurt to watch bad. son of the mask made me cringe uh yeah. just visually i'm just i'm saying we okay it, this movie is closer to powder than it is to any single one of these movies. It's just a person that has some sort of internal struggle that manifests as some abilities. Nobody got saved in this, except maybe she brought the rain. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, I guess they saved Lila at the end. That's one. Okay. I mean, that that's it. That's on, that's that's all. Um, yeah. So that could be any, you know, movie saving one person. I mean, it's it. Okay. I don't know. I don't. At so this point, I don't. I have a hard <laughs> sure. time putting it. I have a hard time putting it below super capers and all superheroes must die because they were so just bad in general. This at least looked good and had good performances. It, it was a more competently made film than those were content aside. Yeah. Content aside, it was a better made film. Yeah. I well, mean, why is content aside? I mean, well, I just super capers and all superheroes must die because how how Pro wicked prayer because, to some extent were difficult. So then, why are we just because how yeah. supery doing all kinds any kind of movie? Well, yeah. I, 
no, I mean that's no, I, it's that's a fair point. And if it, it was if it it not being as it being far less superhero-y, I would put it way higher if that wasn't being taken into account at all. Like, but I like it's just not you know, as bad of a movie as a few of these down here. Like, period. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I will stand alone. I mean, that's like that. Like, we'll, we'll judge on how comfortable movies make us. Well, I mean, so I don't know. Again, so Al. Um, above or below Citizen Toxie? I mean, I definitely put it below. Okay. If then I'll take it. I, I, that's where I would put it because I don't want to put it below Son of the Mask. Yeah, Son of the Mask was rough. That rap really hurt my soul. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you laugh? Didn't we laugh? Wasn't that fun? I don't know. I feel like we had a good time talking about it. More than we did yeah. with this one. Or, or watching them. I don't feel like we um, ever I, hit on um, fun or interesting I mean, as far as this movie went. But I, I that's cool. Definitely not fun. That's not, what we're, that's not what we're looking for. I understand now. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I found, I found things to like in this movie. I wouldn't call it fun. Certainly not fun. But there were things in it I didn't hate. That's not what I'm talking about. But. All right. All right. As a compromise, we're putting it at 136 out of 140. Um, so I hope that we uh, next week's uh, movie isn't as controversial as far as it belonging on our list. Next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we will be watching... Avengers Endgame. Is it a con- is it a superhero movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's the big one, guys. Endgame. Does this have uh, Uma Thurman in it? <laughs> um, don't they all? Just her feet. <laughs> yes. Uh, Avengers Endgame is next week. Um, that's our big one, and we'll be doing we'll be doing a special box office um, top ten next week. Since again, we have. So few new movies, um, but it uh, it'll be fun. Um, that's next week, guys. Avengers Endgame. I think we'll all possibly be a little more in agreement about that one. <laughs> Generally, I don't think it's better than Swamp Thing. <laughs> well, what is better than Swamp Thing? <laughs> the answer is nothing. Um, so, till then, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Throw Smiley. Um, your host is Harmless Phosphorescence, a horrible place full of horrible people, like your mom. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh CC, and um, the power was inside me all along. I'm Brian Lesh, and I run primarily on rainwater. Give me a map and a teddy bear, and I'll find you. I'm Alaric Weber. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.